Welcome to the Reclaim Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can visit our website at reclaimchurchtx.com. Our spirit bears witness as the Lord speaks to us. We recognize that. We know that. We even sing the song, right, as we go through life. Jesus, you're all I need. Right? And I believe we mean that when we sing it. Right? We do. We're, we stand even this morning as we sang that song. There's a sense of faith. Lord Jesus, you're all I need. You really, really all I, all I need. But then we go home and there's still negative balance in the checkbook. We say, Jesus, you're all I need, but can I have a little money too? Right? Or there's still those difficulties on the job. Jesus, you're all I need, but you know, could you take my boss in the rapture early or something? Right? Jesus, you're all I need, but man, oh man, my husband really needs to change some things. Right? My, my wife, oh Lord, Jesus, you're all I need, but please help my wife. You, you know. Jesus, you're all I need. But see, as, it, as life unfolds, we recognize that we do know that, and we sing it, and we speak it, and we know it, and we believe it, that he is all we need. But here's the truth. The scripture we just read about God's wonderful plans for us to give us a future and what? Hope, right? This is his plan. This is what he does. But the verse right before that, he says, you're going to spend 70 years in Babylon. You're going to spend 70 years in Babylon. So Babylon is a great representation of of the struggles of life, right? The the battles we go, the enemy fighting against us, and and even, even in forms of bondage or forms of struggle, forms of difficulty, you're going to go through these 70 years of in Babylon, but but hang in there because my plans are good for you. Hang in there because you can find you're going to find me as you seek me, I'll be with you. And we come out of Babylon and he says, you know, we realize Jesus, you are all I need. And so these, this is the progress and the process of God's work in our life. It unfolds before us. But here's a difficulty that I've dealt with and that I think that as a believer, we find ourselves at times questioning the way God does things. I mean, we don't necessarily say, you know, just blame God. You know, we, we, don't, we don't speak it out. Sometimes we might. But, but in, our, in our heart, in our mind, we get perplexed. God can be perplexing at times. When, when you look up the word perplex, it means unable to grasp something clearly, puzzling, a puzzled look. You know, it's kind of like when the kids get in trouble, right, when they were little, and, and, and they, you know, who broke the window? They're like, hmm. <laughs> who did that? Right? Or, 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 you know, your wife ends up in the garage and she finds a brand new fishing pole. How did this, where did this fishing pole come from, babe? Hmm. I wonder. The perplexed look. We really, we, we're acting in those cases, but there, that, that idea that we can't figure it out. We know God's plans are good. In every sense of the word, God's plans are good. But from our perspective, in times, at times, God's plans can seem odd. I've never seen oddness listed as an attribute of God, but I think Isaiah 55 has a good way of explaining it. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Isaiah 55, eight. My thoughts are not your thoughts. 
and your ways, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. It's higher above. You read that text and he says, it's, it's way above. My ways and my thoughts are way above your thinking. So from our perspective, it can seem a little odd. To our way of thinking, God can seem odd in that way because his ways are sometimes puzzling from our perspective. When we read about the exodus of the children of Israel, right? We know the story. Most of you know the story. They're bound. They're under oppression. They're in slavery in Egypt, right? And, and, and God gives an example of his mysterious ways of how he moves because he sets them free. He shows his power by sending plagues on Egypt. He causes the Pharaoh to let the Israelites go. He shows his grace by protecting them from judgments that he sent on Egypt, right? He instructs them, put the blood of a lamb on the doorpost. Amen. And, and the children of Israel had, had, had this wonderful dream to be set free. And that dream came true. It was more glorious than they could imagine. And we align this with our salvation. In the same way, we were bound in sin, slaves to sin, right? Doesn't matter how good you were, what you did. Well, you might have been a goody two-shoe, right? You, you didn't smoke, you didn't chew, and you didn't go with girls that do, right? So, so you had it all together. <laughs> That's an old, anyway. It's old, it's new, right? So, so you had, it doesn't matter what level of sinner you were, we were all bound in sin. And, and just like the Israelites, God comes in this miraculous way and he delivers us, sets us free. Whether you got saved at this altar, at your home, uh, by yourself, or on the street corner, it doesn't matter. When you got saved, something took place. There was this miraculous transformation from the inside out and we rejoice in that. Miraculous, just like the children of Israel were delivered, we find ourselves, uh, it's more, it's better. It's better than we could have imagined. Being saved is this greatest experience of our life. It's wonderful. Uh, it's better than you can imagine. Uh, amen. When somebody asks that, you can tell, oh yeah, being saved is more, better than you could ever imagine. I gave my life to the Lord just as I was. Messed up on the inside, uh, hurting, broken, lost, blind. Uh, amen. And I came uh, and he not only saved me, but he heals me. He delivered me. Amen. I was once blind but now I see this is what God does and this is the example of the way he's moving but it's very interesting because you read the story of the Israelites as they take their first steps toward freedom they're going the wrong way it seems like you know there were some guys you know the guys that know how to get everywhere right and, and sometimes they're wrong, but they won't admit it, right? How do you get there? Oh, yeah, I take this, go this, take this, take. no, right? That's the long way. Well, when God takes the children of Israel and he begins to take them in a specific direction, the easiest route from where they were to Canaan was north. You go north, turn right, right? Travel through the Philistine country, and you're there. Bada boom, bada bing. Quickest way. Right? But God doesn't take them that way. Instead of going north, they go southeast toward the Red Sea. And you know what's beyond the Red Sea? The Sinai Desert. The beauty spot. 
Nothing but desert. So God, instead of taking them north, takes them southeast, and they end up at the Red Sea. A little bit perplexing, especially to some in that group who knew the way to Canaan. They're probably wondering, why are we going in this direction? It's one of the roughest places on earth. You read the story as they go through and God takes them on this unusual route and, and they end up, we know that they end up trapped between Pharaoh's army and the Red Sea. And when they get beyond that, they, there's even times you follow their travels in the, in the time that they're going through the wilderness. And we, we, most of you know why they end up, you know, they disobedient to the Lord. So they end up going in the wilderness. They're even going in circles as you follow their route. Amen. 40 years, yes. Thank you. Amen. It's like those little bubbles that come up or the little commentary YouTube. <laughs> 40 years. Oh, yes. <laughs> so he takes them, and it's odd. Going in circles. You ever feel like that? I like it's just the season of life where it's just God, I really don't understand why I'm going through this. And, and sometimes we even, we even will ask in a way where we're not even asking, talking about God. We don't even talk to God about it. We just feel ourselves thinking, why am I going through this? Why is, this, why is it happening this way? How did I end up here? Sometimes it's very, there's a, there's a heaviness about it. Sometimes it's just, we recognize this part of life and some things are lighter than others and some things are very heavy that we go through, but we still find ourselves with that, that thinking, that, that idea that says, you know, there there's an, seems like an easier way to get this done. So you know what they said to the Lord? You know what they said to the Lord because we've said it. In Exodus 14, verse 10, as Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, uh, looked up and panicked, when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them, they cried out to the Lord and said, they said to Moses, Pastor Mike, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Why did you, well, weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Why? Now we can, when we, you know, some of the stuff that we've gone through, we can Easily, we, we recognize we're going to make it. I've been through stuff like this, and I'm, I'm fine. But there are seasons in life where it's stuff that we just, we're, we're at a place where we, we can't see how we're going to get through it. We can't see how God is going to work through this. Why? It's a natural human question. And, and I, I, you know, I, I, I've always said, I don't believe it's wrong to ask why. You know who asked why? That's our greatest example. Jesus, he's on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's not wrong to ask why. Amen. But there's a great key in our Christian walk because we know God's plans are good for us. Amen. It doesn't always seem the right way, but there is a bigger picture. It's a view from heaven as opposed to ground level. If you ever wonder why God did or did not do something a certain way, it's natural for us to think that. But we recognize that we know that his thoughts are not my thoughts. His ways are not my ways. There is, he is way above. Listen, he's way above all of that. 
The perspective he has goes beyond. God sees eternity. That means he sees everything at once. He's already seen it. He's already seen it all. Amen. And he, there, but, but as we walk through this, we struggle with that. Amen. We don't always know why God does things or asks us to do things a certain way because, because God's ways involves a bigger picture from a heavenly point of view. You know, over the years, I've, I've had people ask me in ministry and pastoring and stuff, why? Why, why, why do we do this? Or maybe even a decision I made or, or, or uh, an action I took. Why did I do this? And I encourage people. I tell them, ask me. I don't, I don't mind that. You can ask me why, but just be ready for the answer. <laughs> right? Sometimes I can tell you and, and give you a good answer. Sometimes I can't. And sometimes I just have to say, you know, on this one, you got to mind your own business. Don't get mad at me. It's true, right? But, but so, we rec- so we see this, and why is God doing this? And, we, it, it, and so it comes down to this. Here is a, here is a, you ready for this deep, heavy, revy? You know what the key is? Be obedient. Live obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, all of us as, as, as Christians, and as we grow in the Lord, we begin to minister to people or try to help people live for God. Amen. And we do that. And sometimes, whether a man or a woman, we're helping somebody and they're younger in the Lord, you could say mentoring them, discipling them, and we're speaking into their life. And sometimes uh, they'll, they'll, they'll begin to struggle with certain things that are happening. And, and I, you know, we'll say to them, we'll be obedient. Well, I don't know what to do in this situation. We'll be obedient. And most of the time, I've found that people already know what to do. I've even looked at folks like, you know, I think in your spirit, you already know what you're supposed to do. You're just having trouble with that. You're having trouble with that particular action. You're having difficulty because God's saying to forgive them when you're still mad at them. You're having trouble because financially you can't put together how giving away your money is gonna help you be blessed. You're having trouble with ministry because it, you're what, number one on, one, on one end of the spectrum, you may be feeling that you are unworthy. You are unable, right? Well, I don't know, God, you know, he wants me to do this, but man, you already know what God wants you to do. You've got it inside you already. But you're having difficulty. On the other end of the spectrum, you're struggling because you might feel it's beneath you to serve in that way. So, and, and everything in between. So we, the key, one of the keys, these keys that we're talking about, this obedience to the Lord, sometimes it's just about being obedient to the Lord. And there are times people have asked me, what should I do? And, and many, most of the time, many times, the answer is you be just obedient to the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you. You've got to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes we don't recognize why, but when we are obedient, Everything works out for the good. I have great plans for you to give you a future and a hope. But in the, within, that, within those boundaries of God's plans, we recognize that his ways are not our ways, that sometimes we can't understand why he's doing things a certain way. We have to accept that. 
We have to accept that and walk in that, take that adventure, walk, in that, walk down on that road of obedience. What's the Lord saying to you? Amen. Amen. I, uh, you know, sometimes we might struggle with, with different areas of, of decisions and, and what's, what's the Lord saying to you? Effective Christianity requires your obedience to the voice of the Holy Spirit and to the word of God. Do you know what the kingdom's greatest need is? Well, we need money for stuff. We need finances, resources for that. We need all kinds of stuff to do different things. But you know what the kingdom's greatest need is you. People who live obedient to God's word and God's spirit. That is the greatest need for people to live obedient to God's word and his spirit. There are many generations who've already gone to heaven. The Bible teaches us that they're in heaven cheering us on. Come on, say, come on, it's your turn. It's your turn. You're here right now. It's your turn. This is your generation to touch. This is your season to move in revival. This is your time to walk in obedience. Amen. And we'll get stuck on stuff that really doesn't matter. Don't get stuck on stuff that doesn't matter. Sister so-and-so doesn't like you. It doesn't matter. Right? You just keep loving her and loving her. When she slaps you on one side, you turn and say, slap this side too. Oh, now I'm getting personal. Amen. Right? So it, it's a key, the key is to obe find obedience. Amen. So let's take a quick look. I'm finishing up here. Let's take a quick look about walking in obedience. Obviously, there are different aspects as we work through this. But one of the things that I recognize that I have to do is I have to be, I have to live my life. I want you to hear this. Listen, listen. Are, are we online? Are we live? Yeah? Where's the camera? I want you to listen too. Listen, listen. Come on, sit down now. Stop playing with the kids and eating your french fries in bed. Come on, just <laughs> sit down with us. First of all, we have to, uh, we have to take the step of being sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that so, like, oh yeah, that's, that's true. That's good, I do that all the time. Yes, but, but it's, it's, there, are, there are situations, there are times as we, we walk in this, that we find ourselves, our flesh is in conflict with where the Spirit is leading us. Come on, come on. Amen. Your flesh is jacked up, just like my flesh is. It still loves to sin, right? Your flesh loves to hate people. Your flesh loves to sleep in and not come to prayer meeting on Saturday. Amen. Oh, I am preaching today, amen, so, amen. The flesh just is contrary to the things of God, and we've got to choose. I know that chick is fine, but she's not saved. I don't know what you guys say nowadays. Is fine good? Do you guys know what I mean by fine? Yeah? Do you? If you don't, amen. What's the word you use now? Fine? See? See? Amen. It all comes back, doesn't it? Amen. Amen. I know he's just wonderful to you. He's Prince Charming, but he's not saved. The flesh is contrary to the spirit. Are you with me? Amen. So, so this is the struggle. So we have to find, we have to decide now 
right now, today, if I'm going to be obedient to the Lord, first of all, I have to be sensitive to his voice. Galatians 5, verse 22 says, but the Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit in our lives. Love. Say love. love. Joy. Joy. Peace. Peace. Patience. 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 Turn to your neighbor. Tell him patience. patience. Kindness. 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 Don't go ahead of me. Kindness. Amen. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. And self-control. He says, there's no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every, say every, in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. There's a bigger picture here. And sometimes we can't see it, but listen to me, listen to me. The Holy Spirit is leading you because God has good plans for you. And he's taking you, come on, amen, give the Lord a hand, that's all right, praise God. That voice that's speaking to you and you know what to do, you know what to do, it's already in you, it's in your spirit, it's in your heart, you've heard his word, it aligns with his word, and you know God's taking you and speaking to you about doing this, amen, and, and, and we resist it, the flesh resists it, we struggle with it because of faith or our identity or because of our character, things that we struggle with in our own mind, amen, that we don't deserve this, we can't have that, is it really God? Well, God's already speaking to you, be sensitive to the leading of his Holy Spirit. Amen. I remember uh, uh, years ago when my daughter Raquel uh, was, she was just, you know, pre or she's just a young teen. And, and you know, my, our entire lives, I've never had any issue. We're a very affectionate family. And, and so, you know, I'm, I hug her and kiss her and love you all the time, right? But there was one moment I was sitting in the living room and she walked in. She had come from, I don't know where she was, but she came in. And I'm sitting there and for the first time in her life, I hesitated. I wanted to get up and, hey, baby, how good, good to see you, love you, just coming home. But for the first time, is it, and this all happened in an instant. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I hesitated because I'm thinking, she's a little older, there's no real, we're not really celebrating anything here, there's no special moment. And you know, she's gonna maybe a little uncomfortable, you know, it's, you know I, all this stuff. And in that moment, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, this is how it starts. This is how that division starts. And so I got up and I hugged her. And I kissed her, oh Rocky, it's so good to see you. We call her Rocky, that's her nickname. It's so good to see you, I love you. You know, your dad loves you. She's like, yeah, dad. <laughs> But you listen to the Holy Spirit, the sensitivity of his voice, because there's a bigger picture. Sometimes we may face things we don't like. There are things happening that we're uncomfortable with. But we must be obedient to the Holy Spirit, to his voice as he leads us. Through his word, he leads us. Amen. Amen. Secondly, once, as, you, as you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, you need to surrender. Romans 12, verse 1, Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, 
the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. This is great. I mean, I told Pastor Mike, man, this is, worship is awesome. Man, if you're not moved in this worship service, then, amen, whatever, you can fill it in with whatever cliche you want. <laughs> Just, it's, it's a moving time. But, but you also, you find true worship. When you're at home, and you just had a rough moment. Maybe married folks, you got in an argument. Right? You're upset with each other. But you got to go to church. Right? And so you get up, you say, come on, we got to go. The kids heard you yelling at each other. You know, there's a struggle on the way. You're looking at each other all mad. And, well, you should have said, well, you didn't just, you know. And you get to church, and all of a sudden, ding, hey, praise the Lord. <laughs> right? Praise God, we're here. Honey, you better not look mad. Right? Ah, uh, I know. But you come into church, you know, you're still upset with each other. Amen. But then you, the worship service starts. And you begin to worship. And as worship's going on, you're kind of looking and you reach over, grab her hand. You know the signal. And she looks at you like, oh, now you want to be a man of God. <laughs> uh-huh. But you know what, I mean, in the midst of that wonderful the worship service, you know what the real worship is? It's when you grab each other's hands, you give that nod, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too. And then you just feel free and you let it go. That's worship. That's worship. When you've experienced the pain and the hurt of ministry, the sacrifice, and you've given, and you've given, and you've given, and you've given and you're weary. And people don't respond. People talk bad about you, but you keep giving. And you get up and you dust yourself off, and in tears, you reach out again to help somebody. That's worship. That's worship. Amen. So we can, we can go through and recognize this. And, and, and if, we're going to be, if we're going to be obedient, if we're going to, we have to be sensitive to the Spirit, but we also must surrender our will. Right? We must surrender. I surrender. Some of you remember, huh? Hands up. Let me see your hands. Spread those legs. Amen. Yeah, when I was in the gangs, man, I really went through all that stuff. It was tough. No, I never was. I'm just kidding. I saw cops, though. <laughs> but why do they have you lift your hands? Because you're surrendering, right? They want to see nothing else is in there, right? For their safety and for your safety, they say, right? But, but when it comes to the kingdom, there, there needs to be surrendering of the heart. A surrendering of the will. 
What is God saying to you? This is what I really want. This is what I really want to do. This is the direction I really want to do. But as the Lord, as the Spirit leads you, you're sensitive to the Spirit, and He speaks to you, you've got to surrender. Man, it's tough, because I had these ideas about how things are supposed to be. But the Spirit's leading me. He's taking me. Okay, I surrender. Okay, Lord, I trust you. Say it with me. Okay, Lord, I trust you. Because he's leading you. God brought you to this church, then guess what? If God brought you to this church, this is your church, and God brought you here, then everything that takes place is something he wants you to work through and stay here. Oh, well, now God's giving me another will now to do something else. Check it. Check it. You check it. You have to check that. We can't check that for you. You have to check that. Surrender. Amen. And lastly, my last point, you've got to stick to it. Amen? Amen. We can rejoice too, Romans Romans 5, verse 3. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. Amen. You've got to be sensitive to the Spirit. You've got to sur- we've got to surrender to the Spirit. Well, thank you, Lord. Right now, right now, I want you to bow your head with me. Just bow your head with me. We're going to continue. I'm going to finish up here, but just bow your head with me. If the Lord is speaking to you right now, just about... There's things, and, and some, of it, some of it's not coming from within us. There are things that maybe have happened to us that hinder us from being completely free in doing God's will, completely free in, in being comfortable and having peace in our life and our walk with him. I want you this morning that the Holy Spirit's being, just surrender it right where you are. God, I've been holding on to this. Today is a day I have to let it go. And I surrender to you. I let it go. The emotions are there. The, 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 the feelings are there. But today I let it go before your throne. In the name of Jesus, I surrender to you. The Holy Spirit speaking to some of us about things that we're holding on to. That, we, that the Lord just wants us to be free of. It's not always blatant sin. That too, we've got to repent of that. That's a whole thing we've got to do, right? We've got to live a life of repentance. But I'm just talking about those things that, that you've just, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. You recognize what I'm saying. Let it go this morning. Lord, I give it to you. I surrender them, him to you. I surrender her to you. I surrender that situation to you. I surrender the hurt to you. Lord, that it would not hinder me. I surrender what I've been fighting God. Deep down inside, nobody knows. But deep down inside, I've been fighting this, and today I surrender it before you. In Jesus' name. And lastly, you can look at me. Sensitivity, Holy Spirit. Surrender to him. And lastly, you've got to stick to it. Look at me. Look at me. Don't quit. If you don't quit, you win. 
Did you hear me? Don't quit. Don't give up. Pastor Dave, I've, done, I've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. I've been obedient. I've tried. This marriage is still a difficulty. I've tried and in my heart it's still broken. I've tried and, and, I, and I can't do it. I just can't do it. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't, listen, listen. Don't stop in your obedience and your walk with God. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. When you can't feel it anymore, keep going. When you're feeling dry, keep going. When you're feeling weak and weary, just keep on going. Take one more step. Come on, take one more step in your walk with God. Just keep going. Just keep going. Don't quit. I feel like Paul. I'm not Paul. I'm not comparing myself to Paul, but man, I just feel, I beg you. I beseech, I beg you. Don't quit. Don't give up because in due season you will reap those seeds that you planted. They will become great fruitfulness and a great harvest. If you don't give up, don't quit. Don't quit. You're saying, Pastor, I'm not going to quit. I felt like, but I'm not, raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand right where you are. I'm not going to quit. Or you've never felt like quitting, but you say today, I'm still not going to quit. Come on. I'm not going to quit. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I'm not giving up. I bet you that in every section, just about almost every chair, we could go to people and they can tell you, they can tell you, yeah, I felt, there was that time I felt like giving up, but I didn't give up. And now my marriage is healed. My brother's saved. My mom is saved. My cousin got delivered. I'm in ministry. I'm called by God. Every one of us, come on, every one of us. Even those that may feel like quitting, you can think back to that time where God moved. If he did it then, he's going to do it now. He did it once, he'll do it again. He'll do it again. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Would you bow your heads with me for just a few minutes in prayer? Just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Let him speak to you. You're here this morning, or maybe you're online. Maybe you're watching this at another time. It doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you in your heart. You haven't been born again. You've never given your life to Jesus. We're not talking about joining a church. We're not talking about becoming a better person. We're not talking about stop sinning. We're not talking about any of that. We're talking about a decision that says, Lord, I know I'm wrong and I repent of my life. I give my life to you. And he'll come and he'll help you. He'll direct you. He'll lead you. He'll help you stop sinning. He'll help you bring, he'll, he'll bring healing and all that. But, but more importantly than any of those things, as you come to him as you are, he's going to save your soul from hell. When I say that, if you're not saved, if you don't know the Lord, you get a little afraid or you deny hell, right? But, but the Holy Spirit is here this morning. He's speaking to each of you. I don't know you. I can't see inside of you, but the God can. The Holy Spirit does. If you're not born again, you're not saved but you want to give your life to Jesus. If you're online, right where you are, you just raise your hand. If you're here, would you raise your hand? Say, I need to give my life to Jesus. I'm not born again. Amen. Are you raising your hand? Amen. Praise God. Are you? Amen. Okay, we want to pray with you. Who else? Heads bowed and eyes closed. Amen. Did I see another hand here? Amen. Raise it up so I can see it. Amen. I know we got this brother here. Who else? Amen. God bless you in the back. Amen. I see that. You can put your hand down. Who else? Maybe you're backslidden. 
You're away from God. You know you're not living right. You've got to repent. You've got to repent. You recognize it. Would you raise your hand right now? Amen. God bless you. Amen. The Lord's welcoming you home today, my brother. Amen. You're coming home. The Father's celebrating already. Amen. Who else? Maybe you're online. God's speaking to you. You haven't been living right. You need to get in church. You know it. You sense it. But, you, but right now, where you are, he's going to meet with you. Raise your hand where you are, and God's going to help you. Amen. Amen. You raise your hand. Amen. Were you raising your hand? Or are you just worshiping? Okay, praise God. Amen. That's all right. Praise God. All right, you raise your hand. Come, come down here and meet with me. Come on. Come on. Amen. Come on. Woo! Come on. Amen.